0: of everything real estate. As always, we have our power panel. First, we have Adam Sperber. He's the VP of Residential Real Estate at the Alexander Anderson, Ooh, I was gonna say the Center the, for Real yeah. Estate. <laughs> Changing at, the name on us. <laughs> at Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. Next, we have Nima Mary. He is managing partner of a Mary Law Firm and a rock star deal maker. <laughs> And na- last but never least, we have Omar Sharif, who is the VP of Alexander <laughs> Anderson Capital
1: Group. I like this buzzer.
0: <laughs> I think mommy needs need to, to, take our, we we need to get the buzzer. We need to get
1: our boy. own on this. Side. We've just we've just been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> this side of table's cancel culture.
0: <laughs> so today we are talking about finding residential off-market properties. We are in this tough market. It's hard for buyers to find homes. And you guys know I'm looking for a home. you got to find me one, Adam. We will. Um, And how are you going to do it? You can look off-market. So first, someone tell me, tell our audience, what is an off-market property?
1: I just had a genius idea. I should buy a domain name called something.com.
0: I can almost promise. I should look it up. That's sick, on top. right?
1: That's and a good then idea. Just bring people into that, thinking it's like an off-market scenario, just like all those auction sites, which are really basically just a free market website, but everybody thinks they are discounts. So, so, what, but
2: now the question is: once you put it on a website like taken. that, does, does that become on, on market? market? Yeah. Does it matter?
1: Most people won't realize anyway. <laughs> it's They'll taken. think that they because had they access take to the, the same way I am. Of deal. It's taken. It's landing definitely landing taken. page or it's a real thing? It's uh, a, no, it's a learn more
0: a, about off-market product. They want you to sign up on their website.
1: Nonsense. Let's sue them. For cyber squatting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is an off market property, guys? Tell them.
2: So, so you know, the, the traditional process that people go through when they want to sell their house is they hire a real estate agent, they put it on the MLS, and then in turn, it goes on the market. So, an off market property is something where somebody's looking to sell, or they might have what I call a make me move. I think that's, that's not what I call it. I think that's what Zillow calls it, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But a make me move number. So, it means if I could sell my house for 500K, I'll sell it tomorrow. So, it's bringing the buyers to the right people, I guess, essentially. So it's something that's not on the traditional market like Zillow or Trulia
1: or Realtor.com.
0: So it's not on the MLS?
1: It's not on the MLS. Okay. So I only like to buy off-market, but I got a question for you too, right? As a person who only likes to buy off-market, the one thing I never understood is if you have an off-market property, right, and there's an agent involved, it's not a friend or family, if it's an off-market property, why wouldn't you encourage them or why wouldn't they want to take the Property to market as they'll probably get more money for it, no?
2: Correct. So, yes. So, so. You know, there's there's things that people have. There's pocket listings. So as an agent, you can have what's called the pocket what's a pocket listing as well. Listing? So a pocket listing or like a a um, exclusive listing for your brokerage or something like that is essentially you say you want to sell your house, but you don't want me to put it on Zillow. You don't want people to know that you're looking to sell. Okay. So we just kind of keep it and we use our network of buyers. And that's in my opinion, you know, as, as a, if I was selling my house, I would never do that because exactly like you mentioned, you're lowering your your pool of buyers and in turn your uh, the amount of money that you can get mm-hmm. for your house. Mm-hmm. So but there's a lot of people that don't want people to know that they're selling their house.
3: Why? I,
0: You're running from the mob? What? I, I, I don't know. Is I mean, that what we call the
3: IRS? Now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, not just that, but also they don't want to deal with the re- people coming in, that's showing, it. Uh, okay. scheduling time, working with realtors, paying commissions.
2: There's there's a whole. They think that they can save money
3: I
0: by keeping. Right. It, I don't want to fix up my house. I just I don't correct. want to. But, it, but there's right?
2: also no. the side of it. They say, well, if I can save 4% or 5% or whatever the number is on selling my house and do it myself. But on the other side of things, if you look at it, and this is, you know, a pitch for, I guess, you know, as a real estate agent that you make, if you look at strictly numbers, I'm an analytical guy. If you look at numbers, your house is going to sell for more if you use a real estate agent than if you sell it by yourself. In, today, in today's market, by what percentage? Uh, I would have to check. I don't know what it is in today's market, but if you look at like the National Association of Realtors, NAR, they, they publish numbers that it's substantially more than that 5% or whatever number of commission that you would pay to list it with a realtor. But there's not only the money side of it. There's also the not having to deal with the hassle of showing it, not having to deal with the hassle of all the back and forth. And you have somebody doing all the work for you. So I've used that when I'm getting a listing. I say, okay, you want to sell your house for 600. That's what you think you can sell it for let's say 5% brings it up 30 grand. If I can sell your house for 630 grand, so 30 grand more than you could sell it for, and I do all the work, why would you not list it with me? True. So l-
1: let's let's yeah. let's let's differentiate because I think there's there's a there's going to be a difference between an off-market listing mm-hmm. and a listing without an agent. Because there right. still are people Correct. who will Want to avoid it? Try to sell it themselves, Mm -hmm. and will try to take it to market themselves. They'll post it on Zillow. They'll post it. They'll think they can do it themselves. And I'll just say this: as an investor, I don't even bother with those properties. Why? Right. Because, in my experience, now, guys, this is nothing here is gospel. Right. right? We just do things off experience. Someone who refuses to have an agent, it's it's for two reasons, right? Either they're not able to get an agent because what they want is too much and agents tell them that this listing price doesn't make sense so they they don't trust agents or they're too cheap to deal with an agent don't want to lose a couple percent and that's not the type of person you can negotiate with because they think that their product has more value than it does and, and when they think
0: they know more than the experts
1: correct and right? if, if you're trying to yeah. go in and get a deal which is what we're trying to do i'm not trying to go in and overpay uh my actually i'm trying to always underpay i don't even want to pay market right because to me market's overpaying um i see those people and i, I run away Right. So let, differentiating there's the people who just don't want agents, but they still see on Zillow. And then there's the off market, which I think we're talking about, which is properties that, like you said, are pocket listings, don't touch any type of internet. They're just a buyer, a seller who wants to sell their house and you know, meet someone. And we, we'll go more into it, right. but I just want to separate the two. Sure.
0: And also, you know, it's not only those, but as we're going to talk about, Going forward, it's also people that don't even know that they want to sell their house yet, correct? correct? So.
1: um Just another thing for Adam, actually, could if he, I think, and I keep sending these to questions to Adam because he is a residential real estate, does commercial as well, but he experiences this stuff on a so daily. Omar. Yeah,
0: so does so. Omar. Yeah. Omar gets jiggy wigged. Like um, Omar's out
1: here trying to make his own money. All right. <laughs> so Omar knows. So all right. So this is a question for both of you guys then, right? Let's go. Um, all right. You have, in your experience, right, because I know what I see. and This is my opinion. I want you guys to correct me if it's wrong. In your experiences, right, when you see on Zillow for sale by owner, usually do you see days listed or days on Zillow to be substantially more than properties that otherwise aren't?
2: Yes and no. Yeah, you do. I mean – you, 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 you said it best before, a lot of people think that their house is, you know, gold and it's the best of the best and they don't want to listen to reason, right? But you can just say, well, here's comps that justify what it's worth, market value. So a lot of people think that their home is worth, you know, multiple times, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20% more than market value. And they try to justify that. And that's why it sits there. But a lot of times people that are doing for sale by owners aren't really serious. So when you hire a real estate agent, you're serious. You're going to sell. When you put it for sale by owner, a lot of these people are just like, if I can get the number that works for me, I'll take it.
0: What's Omar, what do you, know. you think about that?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so for What's sale that? by owners, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I avoid them entirely. But um, the, I do see them sit on the market longer, the ones that I do come across. And I don't know if I would even consider that off-market because the for sale by owner is its own market. Mm-hmm. And people who well, don't also, want to go to the Also, it
0: goes it. online. They still put it, it online. Yeah. 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 Once it goes online, then you, the price just...
3: Yeah, so it, it does get the exposure. And th- there's a website for salebyowner.com. Right. And TSBO.com. Yeah. And well, Zillow. also, there currently
0: is, we'll see. On, Z- <laughs> <laughs>
3: on Zillow,
0: on Julia, on all of those. You still can pick if you want to see a for sale by owner. Correct,
1: yeah, yeah. Another yeah. listing. It tells you if it's listed by an agent or a for sale by owner. But well, we hear All those companies try to actually cut real estate agents out and make themselves their own brokerages, essentially, by saying, hey, pay us, you can list with us, and... All they do um, is put it on the MLS. Yeah, they just, Yeah, yeah. Right. They, they don't they, do anything.
2: They just, they charge $400, $500, whatever the number is, and all they do is put it on the MLS, which makes it go to Zillow. But they don't do any of the negotiating, they don't do any of the marketing, they just put up the
1: pictures that you take. Let's talk about the, the, the most important thing, a lockbox, right? Mm-hmm. How annoying yeah. is it if mm-hmm. you have to be there every, every single, single time, time you have someone coming to see your house? So you're basically saying for 4%, 5%, your time has no value. Because if you're there for 100 yeah, showings. You like
0: time with value. Time has value, yes, guys. We do know Most
1: that. of you people watching this do not give your time value and that's why you're looking for opportunities, right? Once you realize that your time has value, you're going to see your productivity skyrocket. Mm -hmm. So if you show up two hours a time, 50 times, right, because you have to be there for before. Sometimes they're late. They walk around. They take their time. They chat on your front lawn. So 50 showings, two hours a time. You just wasted 100 hours of your life. At a hundred hours of your life, if you're like, if you work a basic job making twenty five dollars an hour, which most people who are homeowners make a little bit more than that, right? So if you're making twenty five dollars an hour at a hundred, we're 100, starting with
0: the math again.
1: You just lost three thousand dollars. Yes. Yeah. Just for showings and no guarantee of sale. So when you're worried about not paying your agent, which comes out of the commission at the end, you just lost three thousand twenty five hundred dollars of your own time. That's not counting your job. Not saying why the hell you're not there all the time.
0: Well, you talked about why you don't like. Yes off-market for sellers. What is the benefit for a seller?
2: For a seller, I mean, the main benefit is you don't have um, as many people coming through. You're going to have more serious people coming through. So
0: people who come through are actually going to want your property.
2: Yeah, you're not going to have as many like just people just popping in and out and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, there's it's, it's a different market that you're going after, I guess. But it's also, you know, like timing, like I'll give you examples. You know, when you take a listing, it has an expiration date. Or it can, they can you can withdraw it from the market. So let's say you take, a, you take a listing, or I take a listing. I list your house. I have a six month listing. Six months in a day, that comes off of the MLS. Now it's technically off market.
0: Okay, but if you don't put it on the market to begin with, then you don't. Then people can't see how long it's been on market.
2: Correct, because it's not so on the market. That's a
0: benefit. Got it. Yeah, and then and then you're gonna get it's it's a
2: look. If, if I was selling my house, if I was on the selling side, I would always list it hundred percent. I would never go off market. If I had any motivation to sell, you want as much exposure as you can get. You want it plastered everywhere on the side of billboards if you can get it. You want it literally everywhere that you can put it because you're going to get as much exposure and in turn get as much money as you can, especially in this market.
0: So, Omar, mm-hmm. what are the benefits to the buyer? Why does a buyer want to find an off market listing?
3: Um you want me to chime in? <laughs> uh, it depends. No, 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 hold on. Because if it's uh, if it's a retail buyer who wants to move in, right. if they find something off market, chances are it's not being marketed properly and doesn't have the same exposure that a listing would have. So you most likely you will be dealing with less people as far as uh, yeah. competition goes.
1: No competition. no competition. No competition. It depends. Who, you, who who yeah. are you bidding against?
3: Whoever else sees that as a for sale by owner. Right? So I mean, yeah. So it's 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 a lot less, but and then you'll you'll see properties that the majority of people are not seeing. So Which it's Which is great. A, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, for me, it can, be. it can be. For me, and Omar, correct me if I'm wrong, because let's put on our investor hats now, right? Mm-hmm. So, with our investor hats on, a for sale by owner looks at it a little bit differently, right? So, one, no competition. Right. Uh, I've already talked about this on prior shows where if they come back to me and it gets into a bidding war, I walk, right? I just don't like the concept of it, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase something because now you're bidding with emotion, you're not bidding with numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but for usually an off market property, the way I view as an investor. Mm-hmm an off-market property is something that that is through a personal connection, that someone just passed away, um, yeah. the kids wanna get rid of it, the guy lives in another state and just wants to unload it, and through a friend of a friend, you figure out it's for sale, uh, or through a contact, or even there's some people who look for off-markets and then get locked into contract and they assign it, we'll talk about that later, there's now a world just dealing with assignments on that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. I look for those opportunities, but I look for them knowing two things. One, it's not all you know fields and berries where you're gonna look at it and say, oh, look, I got this cheap. You're recognizing that there's gonna be no concessions, very limited inspection. Right. You're not, you're not gonna go tell them, hey, let me wait and get a mortgage, right? Most times if you see that deal and you get that number, you gotta tell them, you gotta be quick. You gotta say, listen, I love your property, but we can close this in two, three weeks, cash closing and we're done. So you got to be ready to move. And I think this goes to Adam's point of saying you're dealing with a different type of buyer as well because these guys are now more serious. So
0: do you have to be an all cash buyer? I mean, you don't have to be
1: anything. Yeah. Right.
2: Everything's negotiable in real estate. Right. But it doesn't doesn't give you like, you know, the idea what what he was saying is the idea with people with off market, sometimes they just want a quick close. They want to Mm offload the property and be done with it. So if it's going to take you
1: six or eight weeks to get a mortgage.
2: That, that kind of defeats that. the purpose. And right. you
1: don't, you don't want to give that buyer time, the seller, time, right? Because mm-hmm. then he's going to think, he's going to go talk to somebody else, and as he talks yeah. to someone else, he's going to be like, dude, your property is worth a lot more than that, right? Time right. is not your friend. When you got a good deal.
0: You want to ambush them.
1: you got to be ready to play with the big boys. you got to put your money where your mouth is, get into a contract, and be ready to close. Yeah, but also
3: um, there's off-market, and then there's for sale by owners. For sale by owner isn't considered, quote-unquote, off-market. What Nima's right. referring to is, is not someone who's, who has intentions of selling by advertising. Real you know, off-market. Yeah, real off-market is not for sale by owner, it's someone who needs to sell and you approach them at the right place at the right time. Yeah, do you
1: look for for sale by owners when you do not flips? At not do you, at all. Do you look at off-market?
3: That's all I look at.
1: Okay, yeah. H- how do you look for that?
3: Um, by marketing. What so, do you mean? Okay. So,
0: Explain, tell our, tell our audience.
3: So this is uh. everybody knows i cross-examining. <laughs> <laughs> so this is getting away from the retail side of it and getting into the invest, investment side of finding deals. So most off-market deals are not going to be, none of them will be advertised. And the idea is to find homes that people need to sell because they're facing some sort of distressed situation.
1: So how do you do that?
3: You've picked your niche. Do you want to deal with people who are losing their home to foreclosure? If you, do, if you want to focus on foreclosures, you could target the sheriff's sale, you could find people who are in pre-foreclosure, send the mailers, get in front of them and see if you can work out a deal before they decide to list the house or make any, take any action.
1: Okay, And what are other ways?
0: Wait, how do you find pre-foreclosures? How do you find
3: that? Um, so a pre-foreclosure is when someone is miss, miss, misses their payments by at least three months. And okay. when that happens, the bank sends what's known as a list, pendants. A- Adam and I just thought 2008. <laughs> yeah, well that was a whole market back then. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, how do you find it? Where do you go? Is there well, a Zillow, database? Zillow
2: does show it, but,
0: they do, but I don't. Theirs is only if you miss, like, one payment, Yes, though.
2: if you're
3: late so on your payment. So
0: if payments. you're late on one payment, you can, you can completely catch up. it, though? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, don't know if th-
3: they could do that by one payment. It has to be three Oh, payments. I did my
0: research last night for this one, and it's Wait, one really? payment. Mm-hmm. So I, Zillow, they,
3: that's interesting. They, they probably go it through credits
1: and things like that or public yeah. notices. I don't know those, where they get there. I
3: think legally, from what I understand, in order to file a list pendants, they have to be three months behind and list pendants is the source to know when someone's behind payments, no? Correct, so. So I, 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 that's I, news. Uh,
1: so li- once you file a list pendants, right, mm-hmm. you can't just file it, there has to be a docket number associated with it. Which makes so it public. So once yep. it goes into the court system, it's public record. And typically that's when they used to begin a foreclosure process or proceeding, um, and then it just became public record, right? So it was called, there was pre-foreclosure and post was post-foreclosure. Um, I don't know if banks have to produce lists of people that are not defaulted.
3: so banks banks don't have to, but when they file a list pendants, you can purchase a list of list pendants. Okay. And that's the list that you can but, buy. But but
1: but for all you guys out there who are like, wow, this is so great, I mean, and I don't mean to burst everyone's bubble. Everybody knows about this. Who's actually in real estate right now, and an yeah. investor, and senior. that's not even like it's this. This is not even a great angle anymore because mm-hmm. you're like three years late to the game, right? People who yeah. figured that out a couple of years ago have milked it to such a t that it's not, that's not, the, that's not the Wild West anymore. That's not a frontier. It's teacher, not, it's a
3: lot right? of work. And um, right now is not even the right time to deal with pre-foreclosures. But just because you have a list, it doesn't mean anything. I've seen lists being marketed throughout the nation. When I first got started in this, you'd see a list, purchase this list for 500, you get all the pre-foreclosures across the nation. It sounds like it's great that you might find deals, but that doesn't lead to anything. But they've so.
0: given it to everyone in the yeah, world. They've given people? it to everyone yeah. who has $500. And on
3: top of that is
1: public information if you really dig for it. So it. Honest, honestly, it's become a gimmick. Like I see on Instagram and I see all these it is. public speakers talking about get rich fast, I'll show you how to find deals. And they tell you this stuff and you pay for their classes Right, And in reality, they're just peddling to you public information that they've just found a way to put together. Yeah.
0: Except for our class. Omar does Find Fund Flip and plug. the Burr class. <laughs> and this is all information that he gives you that you can't find publicly. Well, you could, but it would take you way too long. And then you get Omar.
3: I package it in a way where it's presented in a one-weekend class. And <laughs> on top of that, I specifically mention that pre-foreclosures I go through it. I sh- I'll show you advertisements where they're sold, and then I'll show you how to get it for free because it's public information.
1: Well, guys, and on top of that too, right, look at look at who you're learning from, right? So a guy like Omar does a class only on weekends. It's not his profession to be a public speaker to Mm-mm. push a, uh, a system, right? God. Whereas when you're taking these classes from these guys, be like, well, how do you have time to actually do any real estate if you're traveling the country, touring, doing podcasts and shows every day, selling your system, right? Mm -hmm. You really can't. You're just selling a system that already exists. You're not in the game. If you do take a class... It's it's,
0: it's out of a box. It's not It's not. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's nothing special.
1: It's not focused. If you are going to take a class, and you should, right? That's why you're listening to us now. You're trying to learn. You got to look at who you're learning from. And a guy like Omar... You know, he lives it. That's what he does the rest of the week, and he gives his time for free.
0: He's the real G.
1: To just educate you guys.
3: <laughs> I'm on the right team over here, as you can tell. <laughs>
0: Listen, we need to hit the buzzer Adam. right now. <laughs> Adam. You played yes. yourself. Let's talk, let's talk directly to real estate agents. Sure. So you have a buyer. Um, you can't find anything for your buyer because there's no inventory out there. What can they do to help that buyer find off-market, and and yeah. how do they guide them? How What do they, you know... If if they want a four bedroom, you know, two bath house in Ridgewood. Sure. What do you do?
1: We're trying to get some free advice here right now cuz that was very specific, yeah, right? She's like dog friendly, hardwood floors, at least three <laughs> bedrooms. Yeah. What Minimum a 1990s forward kitchen. Yeah
2: horse countertops (laughs) Um, so so I'll give you an example of one story where I did this with I had a buyer and she was looking she was right in the sweet spot looking to spend four to five hundred grand in a few specific towns and every time we were getting into a bidding war it was just we're having a lot of trouble so you know not trying to give out all the secrets here but what I would do is instead of going after properties that were on the market I went after properties that had expired or were withdrawn from the market okay no competition or almost no competition. And what I did was I worked up a list and I you, they were already on the MLS at one point. So there were pictures already taken.
0: Which is so important. Yeah. Because everyone wants a picture.
2: So I, uh, what I did was I worked up a list and I do this all the time for my buyers. What I did was I presented a list and said, here's 10 properties. Here's the pictures, everything. They were all withdrawn or expired for one reason or another. If any of these look, look like something you're looking for, I'll go and talk to them. And she said, these ones look good. So what I did was I went and I knocked on doors. And I, I physically went and knocked on their doors. And I went to this one, woman, this one sorry, woman's house. I'm if you
0: knocked on my door, I'd be like, who is this crazy guy knocking That's on my door? That's what they thought.
2: It It was. It was very. She was very standoffish mm-hmm. at the beginning of the of the knocking. I remember this. I, I came and she. I stood back, you know, because it's during COVID. And I stood back and I said, look... I'm not trying to list your house. I have a buyer. You were trying to sell. Are you still trying to sell your house? And she said very hesitantly, yes. And I said, by the end of that conversation, she let me in the house and she let me tour the house.
0: And then he stole everything. And
2: and now it's my house. (laughs) That's like nine horror movies that start this, Yeah, right? Right. End up I made the sale and I doubled. So, so it worked out great for everybody. She sold her house without having to deal with putting it on the market and 100 right. people coming in and out. My buyer got a house that she wasn't, you know, she was struggling to get a house because there was so much competition. I got paid even more commission because I was able to negotiate in a higher amount. Okay. Everybody won. Um, and it just it worked out great. So that's what I've been doing a lot of is going after these off markets, going out or sorry, going off to these expireds or withdrawn listings.
1: OK, well, they
2: were on the market at one point. They want to sell.
1: Guys, that's why it's so important to like, if you do use an agent, we talked about this before. Don't hop around between different agents yeah. and vet who your agent is, not someone who you can just laugh with. Because I deal with a lot of agents, and there's very few that would go to those lengths and extremes to find a property for one of their buyers. Because remember, while Adam's doing that, he's not servicing other people. That's time, that's his time that he's putting in, right? You're not just getting some emails off of the mls based off of criteria you put in that everybody else is getting to which are
2: always automated anyway yeah so so you know like you know that that's what you should look for in somebody and and you want somebody that's going to go the extra mile and that's going to not be afraid to literally knock on somebody's door and as an agent it's like i said it's a great way for you to make more money because not only do you make the sale but instead of getting two percent maybe you can get four or five percent because you can negotiate it in you just have to be very clear when you, when you market to them or when you speak to them, that you're not looking to list their house. You have one buyer that you want to pitch this house right, to. So. But now, now, let's say it does fall through. Obviously that's your initial intention. Now it does fall through for your buyer. They don't buy it for whatever reason, they don't love it, whatever the situation is. Now you already have a relationship with the seller. Try to leverage that relationship and turn it into a listing, even though that wasn't your original intention. You, now you've built up a relationship, you have their information, you've met with them numerous times. Why not say, look, I I guess it didn't work out for buyer X or buyer A or whoever this was, but I really feel like we could sell your house very quickly if you let me market it. And now you're in front of them.
1: So uh, let me ask you a question, or more to Adam, if you guys don't mind, right? So you have an off-market property. Mm -hmm. Obviously you don't deal with one buyer at a time. Mm -hmm. You've got 20 buyers, 30 buyers. How do you choose of those buyers, which one of them you will market or offer that off-market property to? So what should, the uh, how do I viewers, become your favorite buyer? Do
2: <laughs> you already are?
1: Make Thank sure you. that their agent will get them that deal. Crazy, I know, know it's a tough question, but if you guys mm. have it. So you're not, saying uh, if
0: you have three different people who are looking for the same type of home and you find an off-market listing, who do you give it to?
1: More than three. So let me ask you guys: How many buyers do you have currently?
2: Forty.
0: Right. Really? How many buyers do you have? But you're number one.
3: Not working with many buyers or right not.
2: Yeah. I told you guys, Omar's out here looking for his own bread. No, I have I have a few dozen <laughs> buyers right now that I work with at any given moment, and they're but they're all over the spectrum. And you love them all equal, every except for Noel. She's my favorite.
1: Okay, well, if any of my right other buyers right are there.
2: listening, please ignore that. Or
1: if <laughs> any of your family is a little bit older and has a four bedroom house in Ridgewood. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. That that being said, how do you pick of these people? So we're way more than three. Who gets dibs on that?
2: I mean, so I'm a very, the way I do uh, real estate is I'm not a very particular person with one geographical area, right? So I don't just choose Hackensack. I'm not just Hackensack. I don't even just choose Bergen County. I, I sold properties in Union County, in Morris County, in Essex County, Bergen, and Hudson in the last year. So I go where I can sell properties. To me, I don't mind. I was just in Jersey City uh, four days ago showing a $2.5 million condo. I don't mind going outside my little circle here, my bubble here, to go show houses. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a lot easier if I can show a house in my backyard, but so my 30 or 40 buyers that I'm currently working with are scattered among those areas. Some are looking to spend 500 grand and some will spend $2 million.
0: So, but what if you have 10 people? Yeah. All that want that same house can also be in Wyckoff. Sure.
1: I'm think Omar's a lawyer because he <laughs> was—he danced it? well around that question, <laughs> like Muhammad Ali, yeah, <laughs> well, like a butterfly. A butterfly. A butterfly. Well, like, right. hey, how do I, how do I pick and choose?
0: Right. How do you pick which one gets and that also, off-market well, house? How, how common Fruit is?
1: Fruit baskets, guys. <laughs> I do have—I do honestly
2: have a few buyers that are in the same looking, and I, I've and I've literally been at a house showing it to one of them while the other one pulls up, and it's awkward. But oh, I wow. yeah, it is what it is. It's just there's limited houses on the market. What am I going to do if somebody else says they want to see it? I have to be respectful for them just like I would you. And and my clients have asked me, what happens if you have two clients that are making an offer on the same house? And I said, I have to respect each, each, each side. I can't tell you what they're offering. I can't tell them what you're offering. I have to be respectful for each of you. Mm. So I can't use either of you to leverage against each other. Even if I you know i can't push to get you in the house over them or vice versa i have to be fair so
0: you would go to that off market seller you've knocked on the door you've said hi i'm not going to kill you yes and just
2: ignore this giant dagger right.
0: <laughs> and then you have said i have 3 different buyers who i think would be very interested in this correct. exact home i can give you each of their offers
2: correct but now you have to also go ahead and protect yourself because What's to the stop? There's no um, there's no listing agreement, right? So, right. so myself and Omar, for instance, he's another he's another sales associate, he's another agent. So, if I have a listing agreement, he's going to respect that because he has to. You can't go after the seller directly. You can't go around me.
0: Right. <laughs> <What's, what's laughs> <that's laughs>
2: uh, percolating. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but my cousin
1: Ken, who's got different last name, <laughs> right. <yeah>, right? <laughs> Bomar. <Yeah. laughs> But on the other side of things- You haven't seen his big mustache. He yeah, puts right? it right on and <laughs> he puts on a like hat. five minutes later.
2: <laughs> but you know, what's yeah. the stop seller that's off market from going, yeah, if I bring you to them, what's to the stop them from calling you directly and saying, hey, Noel, I, I know you mentioned you were working with Adam, but I, I, if I could sell you this house directly, I could save you a few percent.
0: Mm, nothing.
1: Nothing. There's nothing. absolutely nothing other than morals.
0: The goodness of people. Yeah, but well, mm.
1: For all you guys watching, right, that hanky-panky doesn't work because- if your real estate agent has sent you the specification, That hanky-panky. Hanky-panky. Panky. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I, got, just, we we just got, got that is. alert with the FCC last time. <laughs> you know, after we have 5 million viewers, we're now being a little bit more regulated. Exactly. So you know, if your agent shows you that house or even tells you about it, you can't go around their back because there's laws preventing that. If it's agent to agent. Well, no, what if you send it to one of your buyers? So, that so let's say let's what if, say, let if, say, it's an off-market
2: house. Let's mm-hmm. say it's Noel selling her house in, in Ridgewood, right? Because she wants to buy a bigger house in Ridgewood or Wyckoff. Right. And no, just kidding. If you, I didn't buy one yet. If you guys got it, send, <laughs> <you like> <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> send it. this way. But let's say Noel's selling her house off-market, and I bring Omar in directly. What's to stop Noel from going directly to Omar? He's, yeah, no, he's not like, a licensed agent. Let me look him up. Other than ethics and morals I'll and I'll find like him that. on
0: Facebook, and I'll be like, listen i'll you know i'll cut you a deal if you cut out this person and it saves you two percent mm-hmm. and that happens now if it's agent yeah, to agent I totally do it. I he mean,
2: can't do that technically <laughs> and i've had people try to do that to me but and i've you, had i've had my
0: buyers
1: stand you up you can't
0: me. do it if you're a realtor you can Correct. do it if you're a real estate agent because you're not held by a code of ethics am i Correct. right
1: but your buyer can't do that your your, your, your buyer goes That's around a your back you have a claim against <laughs> a buyer.
2: only if i have an exclusive buyer's agreement with them
1: no i i believe and i have to research this but off of my interpretation right now in the law, even if it's not exclusive, oh, right, that's your if lawyer. you show them the house, mm-hmm. if you identify that house, no matter what they do, and if they close on that house, you've earned your commission. So, so. But even be, if they
0: didn't engage him? Well, they had to yeah. engage him. What but if the, but the, what the buyer
2: the went directly them. behind you? So let's say you've I already show, showed it to them. I showed it to them, and then Omar goes directly to Noel as the seller and, and can, says, you,
3: you, you know
1: can, what? Can, you can sue them both and get your commission.
3: But I, I, th- oh. I disagree with that because... I think the governing body for that is the board of realtors, and they only deal with agent to agent, broker to
1: broker. No, things. the governing body for that is, is the superior part? court in the county in which this violation has transpired. Is it really? Yes. Look, this tortious know. interference. Okay. Tortious interference with a prospective contract. There's a lot of theories of law on hmm. just enrichment, right? You've done your job, then they've circumvented you and closed. And I'm fairly confident, I, guys. W- when you tune in for next week, I will have a definitive legal answer for you guys. Okay. But right okay. now, in my opinion, you can. Definitely sue both of them for tortuously interfering with your prospective business advantage. I don't think that they can do that. The moment you've shown them that house, they cannot buy that house without giving you what you've earned. Good to know. So if we ever run into that situation, Nima's a guy
3: to speak to. Yeah, seriously. Wow. He's well, gonna have all you the answers.
2: Us. It's,
0: it's no, that's great. That. That's
2: great to know. I wasn't aware of that. I knew that agent to agent, you know, Omar can't go around with my client, can't go around right. my back. And I had yeah. I've had people try to do that. I had somebody, another associate try to do that to me once. And it was with a close friend of mine. And the close friend said, I'm not buying this house, you know, unless
1: Adam sells it to me. Yeah. And, okay. and guys, you're, you're kind of like, as a buyer, I get maybe they'll reduce the price a little bit. But it's kind of a scummy thing to do, too, because at the end of the day, you're not paying the commission, right? The seller is. Right. So why would you screw over your agent? Maybe, you know, they, maybe they
0: tell you. you that they won't sell you the house unless. You yeah, that's beautiful out. because then
1: you definitely have tortious interference, right? Because okay. that's maliciously interfering with your relationship with your uh, your consumer. So you have a claim then against that buyer, without a doubt in my mind, I would sue that buyer all day, right? Um, for your commission.
0: Is door knocking the same thing? I ca- I keep on seeing this thing driving for dollars, and I just like I just like it. What's driving for dollars? So
3: that's- no, driving for dollars is when you go up and down your neighborhood or your Intended County, wherever it benefit. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look for houses that you think they may want to sell because they may not be keeping up uh, maintenance on the property.
0: So oh, so why why would you think that someone's not keeping up maintenance on their property wants to sell? Maybe they're just slobs.
3: S- could be. You're right. Slobs don't pay their bills. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they might run into some distress situation that turns that into a potential sale, or they may just be neglecting it because they don't yeah. have money.
0: Or they might have a ton of kids like me, but yeah.
3: Yeah. Or, or they <laughs> might <laughs> work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or they could be out of state owners who are just not
1: taking care of their property, they might want to sell. Yeah, clearly. Okay. Listen, it's not guaranteed, but if you look at something that's dilapidated, there's a reason for that. I mean, The people clearly don't care about the house, and they don't care about the house, and they're not attached to the house, right? It's not right. their favorite. Then
0: they might go for the right amount of money.
1: Now, now keep in
2: mind though, because so I crossed this in my town, not cross this, but I, I encountered this that there a lot of towns do have do not knock ordinances. Yeah. Oh, so, how for do instance, you
0: find out which one. Just go doing to the town.
2: That? Go to their website, look it up. Now, it, you know, for, uh, for instance, in my particular town, I went to go get a. I was gonna go ahead and knock and give out stuff and introduce myself. And I I spoke with the chief of police and the chief of police said, you cannot, you you can become a solicitor, but if you're a solicitor, nobody wants to talk to you every day. You have to go to our website or you have to come in here and we give you a list of all the homes that are on the do not knock ordinance because it changes every day when people add themselves onto it. And if you violate this, it's crazy fines. But if you go and introduce yourself as a neighbor, that's fine.
0: Ah, so you
2: can't go okay. like giving out a mug or you can't go giving out things and brochures and this. And that. You can say, hey, I'm your neighbor. I live down the street. He was OK with that. But just keep that in mind, because if you do violate that, that you can get fines pretty heavily from. So you could say I'm your neighbor. Oh, by the way, I'm also a real estate agent. Exactly. But I can't. But I, the moment I was giving out, uh, you know, like a mug or something with my yeah. name or my handsome face on it. What
0: about your card?
2: The card's OK because I'm just saying, hey, if you ever need anything, give me a call. They were OK, okay. with that, but not with an actual. Okay. Now, that's my town. So, so we could be neighbors in the town next door.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm your New Jersey neighbor. Yeah,
1: could be, yeah, yeah. All right. So, guys, if I was not a lawyer, if I was not a lawyer, okay. and I was a regular person who didn't care, sure, I would say even if the ordinance exists, maybe that's where you should go. Because what are your fines? So I just pulled something up on the internet. Jersey City passed something only in 2016, and it's a maximum up to $1,250 fine for your first violation. Then you may lose a local municipal business license if you have it or minor things like that. So hypothetically speaking, now you know there's no most competition. people,
0: $1,200.
1: But is that $1,200 is- per door that you knocked on? That's a good Ooh. question. I haven't really because if at you it. knock on hundred right. doors, there
0: could be a ton of doors. I, 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 I gotta sell a lot I of houses.
1: F- I would find that to be excessive. Just not yet. I, I think that would be unconstitutional. But I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you go, you hedge your risk. You get a ticket. Okay, it costs you twelve hundred bucks. But imagine if you get a, a sale. If you get the sale. But
2: now, if you're going after somebody like this, you know, in my opinion, now I'm not an attorney. But as a lawyer, I
1: strongly advise everybody not to do that because yes. it violates the law. But. <laughs> <laughs> But so
2: when you're going after like an individual off market, or you're going after a list and you have five in this particular town, that's different, in my opinion, than going after and knocking on every single door as you go down the street. You're going to them with saying, hey, look, I know you were looking to sell at some point or some, you know, whatever the situation is. You're not just going door to door like, you know, the cable companies do when they're trying or, to
0: Or services. my client saw this house and they fell in love with it. Are you willing to You're you trying saw? to provide a service your to You're trying right. to help What's them. What's your number? And
1: guys, it's also super inefficient. I'm, with the internet, I'm pretty sure if you found the house, you'd find the phone number of the
2: owner. But there's also yeah, but yeah. calling them and showing up on their doorstep. I know it sounds it, no, it's it more sounds personal. Creepy, it's, the way you but, said it no,
0: but it's, before, it's, but
1: yeah,
2: you know because you know that's how the horror movies start and everything. But when you show up on their doorstep and you're yeah, it's more personal. You're going the extra step. Had I called this woman that I was selling her house, uh, you know that that five hundred thousand dollar house? She would have hung up. She on probably would have right, hung up on me. Right? Mm-hmm. She was very hesitant, but by the end of the conversation, I was literally touring her house. She was showing me
1: everything. And, you made twenty five grand on that sale. Yeah.
0: So what can I do as a regular person? I'm a regular person. I'm watching this podcast. Call
1: Adam. Besides <laughs> call Adam, oh, Omar won't t- take your God. call. Yeah. We've <laughs> established <laughs> that.
0: Besides already. calling
1: Adam. <laughs> unless you've got asbestos in your basement, then he'll try to buy your house.
0: What can I do to find my own off market property and then take it to my to my agent? What can I do to help my agent along? You I mean
1: buy a rabbit's s- foot.
2: Yeah.
0: You I mean you can scour <laughs>
2: that's you can scour like Zillow and things like that and you can see properties that were removed. The problem is when you go to Zillow, it's not as accurate as the MLS. Okay. So, you know, you can go to like a Zillow or Trulia and you can see that this house was on the market and then removed and it didn't sell for whatever reason, maybe a year or two ago. And you can say, Hey, can you find out the situation? I just had actually just had within the last two months one of my one of my buyers do that. Um, looking to spend two two to three million dollars in a particular town and they gave me a list of uh about a dozen properties, and they said, hey, can you contact every owner here and find out if they're willing to sell? And of course I did, and I'm still trying to pick through it, but so they kind of went through Zillow and said, look, I know this one just sold, or this one sold five years ago, or this Mm -hmm. one hasn't sold in 20 years, but these are the houses we're interested in. That's a good buyer.
1: I'll throw throw someone out there too. Tune into this podcast. So look, we all have flips, right? Mm -hmm. What if something fun would be, and you guys can email us, and if you think this is interesting, that before we list, any of our flips, we will give whoever's watching our podcast, we'll give a one-week window to see if you guys want to put an offering on it. So you know it's something that's not going to end up on the MLS. We know what our properties are worth for the most part. So you're not going to get a steal, but you won't have to deal with it being driven up by an inflated market, right? You'll at least be around market. And it's something that we can offer people who are watching.
0: So what he's saying is if you're listening and you're interested in these properties, when, If you email us, info at recareercenter.com, then we will give you a heads up on the flips that they have. So a heads up so you can show your, your buyers the house. You can see if you have a buyer for them, and then you're basically getting it off market. Is that sort of like having a pocket listing, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's sort of like having this listing in your back pocket. Does that make sense? So... Um, Info at RE, if anyone, anyone who's watching this out there in TV land, info at RECareerCenter.com. You'll be put on a list to get the sneak peek of, uh, of their flips. That's, a,
1: that's huge. So I'm going to put this out there right now. In the next 60 days, I won't say which episode I'll offer it on, but um, I have a, uh, it's lake, I would call lake view because it's there's the, on the lake and then there's across mm-hmm. the street. Um, with a dock in, I believe it's Culver. Beautiful lake there, Motorsports. We can only use the lake if you have access. Gorgeous home. Um, You have to be tuned in in any of the next eight episodes, which would be 60 days. I'll give that. You'll
0: you'll let people know about it. Exactly. And they
1: can email you before I throw it on the open market for a bid bonanza. But now I'm not gonna tell you guys which day it's on. I'm only gonna say it on one of the episodes. (laughs) So tune in and you'll figure it out. Perfect. So you guys are looking for a lake home or just a beautiful home across from a lake?
0: We like, like we like games on here. We like some get you coming back games that you are going to get something good from it. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. All right, let's uh let's talk a little bit about the craziest off-market can be investment, can be uh residential can be anything. The craziest deal that you have found that you just you just found it. It wasn't listed, and then I also want to talk about targeting divorces and deaths, just to keep it upbeat. <laughs> so first, the craziest.
1: I can't answer that because I think my answers will offend most people watching this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, but really. <laughs> Where's
1: I was I, I was gonna bring my Scrooge McDuck. It would have been totally appropriate right now. <laughs> I, I left it in my office though. Give
0: give me something. Give me one of your craziest off market deals.
1: Last year, okay, bought a property for a hundred and five or ten thousand bucks and I sold it for 321. I, I've been talking about that transaction a couple of times now. That's almost 3X.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I put in maybe 40 grand into it. So but
0: how, so how, did, how was it off market?
1: So look, um, and this kind of goes back to what I had asked Adam. How do you pick who you offer it to? Uh, I get deals through relationships. People I know, I'm always out there. I don't surround myself with other people who flip because newsflash guys, you're not gonna get deals from other people who are looking for deals. I know everyone likes to go to these meetups, meet and greets, or flippers, and you think that that's how you're gonna learn the business and find deals. It's a
0: competition. Yeah, it's right. like, it's I a just, competition. every time I see those
1: on Facebook, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, why would you, it's like, you're a shark and you're gonna go hang out with a bunch of other sharks and talk about where the fish are hiding, you know? <laughs> so, at the end of the day, um, it's a lot of times it's from real estate agents, right, who are flippers themselves right. or, I have something that they don't, capital, and you can't buy it all. And t- typically, I'll get just where they have extra inventory that they can't close on themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll look to me because they know that from me, they don't like me better than the other buyers. God, I would be they shocked. They know that they you have
0: the there. cash ready and ready to run.
1: It's a double whammy, too. So not only will they know that I'll close quick because the cash is ready and I'm not gonna be like, well, the electric outlet on the second floor right. is reversed and I would like a $900 credit right. there's a, well, I don't care, right? I'll go with the screwdriver and change it myself. Right. So it, they know that it's quick, it's easy, and they also know that they're not done because in 90 days to 120 days, I will be right back there giving them that property which they can then sell to their own buyers. Okay. So it's like a triple whammy because they are moving it, the property to me. They are, and a lot of times they won't even charge on that, right? They're not like, I've had deals where they're like, look, I'm not the agent on this. I know the seller, it's in our community. Um, they came to us, we can't buy it, do you want it? And I'll still pay them, right? I'll cut them a check for So their-
0: basically you're in bed with a lot of real estate <clears throat> agents that you're able to tap into their
1: networks. Sure, and I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily tapping into their network. Is they usually reach out to me. It's not like so I call community. every week, right? When they have a property and it's good and they want it moved quickly, mm-hmm. they'll call me because I'm just the right candidate in that moment. And there's a lot of people out there who say that they do it, but there really isn't. There's not that many people out there who are ready, willing, and able to close cash, no inspections, don't need to deal with financing issues, and can move that property.
0: So you made three times, <laughs> more than three times?
1: About 3x. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Omar,
3: um, I guess as far as off-market deals, I came across one deal that I'll never forget, which is, it was during the pre-foreclosure times, 2013, 2014, the um, house was completely flooded after Hurricane Sandy abandoned. The lady who owned the house was even on the news complaining about how the river overflows. But long story short, I got that off-market deal at a price that you could say was pennies on the dollar. And I did nothing to it, I flipped it over. I flipped it to the next buyer for a six-figure profit.
0: And so wait, you found it just by looking at these pre-foreclosures, yeah. or?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So you did the pre-foreclosure, but this was back in, this was back pre back when the
3: market was yeah. a lot more foreclosure. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, everyone didn't have the knowledge. Guys, yeah. we live in a very hard world. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry like, that you're all gonna get a little bit hurt by what I'm about to say, but the internet has screwed everybody. Knowledge is accessible. Well, because
0: anyone feels they can do anything.
1: Well, they have, they have access to that knowledge.
0: I mean, I could perform a surgery if I wanted. i just have to watch it on YouTube.
1: 30 years ago, you had to be smart, yes. creative, intuitive, innovative, and you would make money. Now, you're all those things, and then it gets posted online on Reddit nine minutes later. Right. And everyone's sitting on their couch doing nothing, just Reddit on Reddit, and now they know how to do it.
0: So, wait, yeah. Cam yeah. wants to know, is this why they call this real estate wholesaling, or do they call this real estate wholesaling? That was wholesaling?
1: something that you, you hinted at before.
0: Yeah, why don't we discuss what
2: wholesaling is? Have you, have you uh, wholesaled property before? So,
1: asking, I don't even know. What is wholesaling? Yeah, so wholesaling what, okay. is exactly what I just ah. mentioned.
3: So,
2: the deal that I
3: got under contract was for pennies on the dollar. I could have fixed it, put it back in the market, done all the work myself. But I had a buyer who was willing to pay me six figures above what I got it for, as is. So, yeah. I sold it to him. I wholesaled it to him.
0: So wait, you bought it because you found the deal, but you are, but then you didn't do anything to it, and you just turned it right around but right did, away. Well, there's
3: a lot of details and layers. I go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Beneath that, I didn't just walk in the park and come across a deal. But um, uh, what, what happened was that deal took me a year to put together because it was a pre-foreclosure. The bank wasn't giving me the price I wanted. We had to go back and forth, probably 50 different times with <clears> beans on it. And this deal was unique because it was the first deal I had that had... Um, IRS tax liens on the property. But interestingly enough, I think tax liens expire after 10 years or so. So I, I, it was about 60,000 in tax liens. And I'm like, this deal's and done. And you waited it it's out. It's not going anywhere. But I looked up the tax liens and it was expiring in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they just all got disappeared. <laughs> yeah. That was just they luck. All got, uh, <laughs> they, all, they all disappeared. And that made the deal even that much better. And then it was in a flood zone to the so bank. So you bought it subject to the liens? I, I didn't close on it because it, the liens expired, and then I s- contacted the IRS to give me the waiver. Did the sellers know? She was happy. She knew that the, she had liens up and down because every, every most people who are in distress situations end up getting liens on the
1: property. But this was such a unique case because there were so many liens on it. and the Unless you sh- own the property under an LLC or in trust. But that's another episode. Actually, we should just pop to my mind. We should probably talk about sure. shielding assets. Who's but if shielding. you own like an that. LLC, you could still have liens attached to it, no? We'll talk about that another episode. So it's complicated. But give, me,
0: give me the kindergarten version of what is
2: wholesaling. So you know, so I haven't done it yet, but as far as I understand, wholesaling is essentially assigning a, reassigning a contract. So I say to you, I'm going to buy your house for $100,000. We write up a contract. I'm going to close in 30 days. Then I go to you and I say, look, you're looking for a house like this. You're an investor, whatever it is. I found the perfect house. I think you would love it at $130,000. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually purchased the property. I just reassign the contract to you, you essentially buy it for 130 grand, I pocket the difference.
1: Oh. There's okay. we should have an almost an entire class on yeah. that because while that's we'll a genius, br- brilliant business concept, the legalities of so that, many. right, yeah. are very intricate, especially so after the mortgage foreclosure crisis. Yeah. So guys, back in like 2008, that was <laughs> happening left and right because it was just funny money, right? Right. The problem was People were not taking title. They would do back-to-back closings where that middle buyer would not actually take title to the property. And so transport. they were wholesaling. Sure, but laws came out that regulated that. And a lot of title companies now have issues with doing that because if you're not going to close, right, there, you need to be properly contracted and your payment should ultimately be on the HUD, right? And that means that your contract that you sign. So guys, it sounds easy, but you have to be experienced. Like if you're, if, if Joe Schmo, that's what Father Pete and at Don Bosco used to call random people. Joe Schmo. If Joe Schmo goes and signs a contract saying, "Oh, I'm going to flip this," but he doesn't know the game, most contracts are not assignable. You yeah. can't do it without the seller's permission. Mm. Why okay. are you going to go back to the seller and say, "Hey, so you know, I got this great offer for eighty thousand dollars more nice. that." <laughs> right, that I'm going right. to sell. They're yeah. like, they, they dude, you, I'm, I'm underpaying. No, I'm not going to do that because they just want to be spiteful. Right. Close on my property, then sell it. Which, guys, now you're talking about, okay, you have the closing costs, yeah. you have the fees. That $80,000 just got chopped in half. Right. Unless right? if it's 80000 to begin with. <clears throat> it's usually a lot less than that. But Yeah, yeah. you're looking at $30,000, $40,000, is huge. So you need to make sure, one, your contract is entirely assignable without the seller's consent. That requires lawyering, because if they have a lawyer, they're gonna be like, well, why? That's weird, are you gonna flip this property? Because now people look out for that stuff, and they think that maybe they're undervaluing their property. So you really gotta be ninja about it, Yeah. and how you do it, and how you get it done, and then you gotta make sure you're protected. Legally, Because right. if you're the assigner, or if you find another buyer, now they're in contract, mm-hmm. Or you've assigned the contract per another agreement, guys. What happens if your buyer bails, mm-hmm. right? Even when you assign, you're still responsible you're so for the original deal. So if the guy you're flipping it to bails, you need to be ready to close because you're going to get sued or you're going to lose your deposit. So there's a lot to wholesaling. It's not that easy. It's not. Well, where if you can, find a we deal. We can and totally
0: do an episode on that, and I think that's a great idea because yeah. people don't understand that at all. So y- y- y-
3: yeah. So I th- to, to Nima's point, it's not. It's not even something that. It's very difficult to teach because there's so many legalities to it. Mm. That's Um, why we have a lawyer. (laughs) But even even as an attorney, (laughs) you may not even want to deal with clients who do wholesaling because if they're new and they don't know what they're doing, they're just going to get into
1: issues and you're going to end up having to solve a lot of problems. I I don't mind because obviously I like educating them, I like teaching them. So we do that at our firm and we Mm -hmm. have a lot of people come to us and say, hey, we want to wholesale. Like people will specifically come and say, can you hold my hand through this process? Um, and
3: that's great that's a really good service yeah Yeah. so
1: it and and because I do it I know it so I've wholesaled a lot um, and sometimes it just makes more sense if I can make thirty thousand today or twenty thousand today right why does that make more sense than making seventy thousand dollars in seven months well because I'm not just making seventy thousand I have to put money into the project and time
0: and then there's also time and we know how you
1: you love your time love my time so risk versus reward, why tie up capital? There's a value to that capital. Right. So guys, if you're listening to all these episodes, I think the recurring theme, I hope that you guys see that we don't discuss things in a vacuum because we don't look at things in a vacuum. Everything has value, time, money, capital, right? And you hopefully as you watch more and more of these episodes, you'll begin to absorb that concept and you're going to look that there's so many dots that need to be connected and you learn from everyone in these different industries that you can connect those dots yourself. But yeah, I, I do a bunch of wholesales. They're a phenomenal way to make quick money. You're in, you're out. There you go, Cam. You got to check at closing, and you move on with your life. I love that. So I would I would yeah. highly recommend it for people to to do it.
0: I did want to talk, and we don't have that much more time, but I did want to talk about deaths and divorces when you're looking for off-market properties. Is that a good way to target? Is it a good thing to Best figure Best deals out it's there.
3: there. Three Ds. Death, Ooh, divorce, D. And what's the third one? Death, uh,
0: divorce, and debt, right? Ah, uh, and debt. debt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, those I'll are right? death, <laughs> divorce, and be, yeah. debt. Yeah. You are like the grim reaper of real estate, but <laughs> debt, divorce, and death. And that goes
3: under the list of distrust. So that's your fourth. That's deal. the fourth thing. Guys,
1: fourth it, those, are, those are the best deals. Why? So you're you're buying a property and it's from the estate of. Mm-hmm. Why? If there's a bunch of kids. Maybe there's no kids, it's a nephew, there's four people. They don't care about $10,000 because it's divided four ways. They would rather sell it and move quick. And in those situations, they are the type of buyers that will take a lower offer knowing there's no headache associated with it. If you come in and say I'm a cash deal, I'm an investor, 30-day close, right? They will like that offer because it's they're just it's not theirs.
0: So me as a For buyer, me. should I be looking through obits? Like <laughs> of course, yeah. Oh. Of yeah, course.
3: but that that's uh that's hard to hard to streamline in a way where you could do it
0: right consistently. It's I impossible. don't know if you have that one town, you just concentrate you on that yeah. town. Well,
1: it's also it's weird though, right? Yeah. It, so it we is to, like, weird. you we, like show up to their fu- like funeral with like a certified check as a <laughs> and <not> a <laughs> be like legally
0: binding. Yeah. But I'm, I don't don't uh, the, the courts
1: expensive, huh?
0: Don't the courts have <laughs> listings of people who get divorced? <clears throat>
3: Not that I know of, not divorced, do they?
1: Yeah, I mean the the courts in Jersey are just getting in the divorce to like online, Mm -hmm. so it's something called Jed. So they're not really publicly available, but you can go to the courthouse and find it. Um, A lot of times, if you're instead of at that point where you're really truly gonna find the deal, Mm -hmm. is friends and family are getting divorced, right, 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 and you can explain to them, look, you got legal, you got this, you got that, I'll buy it. Right. This is what it, I believe it's worth. Are you guys interested? And that's when you can go to them and say, you're not going to pay a real estate agent. You're not going to fight over it with your legal fees. And you can come in and make an offer.
0: I will say another way that I've been seeing people look for off market. And I'm, I join the mommy groups, the Facebook mommy mm-hmm. groups of all of the towns that I'm interested in. And you see people all the time saying, hey, I'm looking for this type of house. Anyone, anyone selling or anyone know how to sell? And Facebook mommies are all over those things. They will get back to you. They'll tag other people. They'll, you know, they'll, I'm going to PM you. It's great. So that's just for you guys out there. That's, that's a, that's another, another way. Use social media.
1: I create a, Fake profile, Join mm-hmm. Facebook mommy group. That Wednesday. you're that
0: you're thirty something blonde. Yes,
1: I'm not even kidding. That's everything I was thinking when Noelle was talking. <laughs>
0: I do it as myself. Yeah. I've looked as myself. I am myself. Yeah. But if you, because they're really engaged and they know what's going on in the community. They know who's getting divorced. They know who just died. They're they
1: like the gossip, <laughs> huh?
0: <laughs> I mean, and it could be this the parents page or whatever. And I, yeah. I don't want to be sexist. I'm not just saying it's mommies, but.
1: Mommy's are great, so. So if you see a blonde Noel Friesen without and, <laughs> buy, yeah. right? and I show up at your door, <laughs> do not be alarmed. I will still buy your property.
0: All right, who has final words on off-market listings?
2: Buying don't be afraid to go after them. I mean, okay. uh, it, you know, once you become a sales associate, you become an agent, don't be afraid to think outside the box. Everybody is looking on the MLS. Once, you know, you mentioned it multiple times. Once it hits the MLS, it's just gonna it's get beat up. There's gonna be 30, especially in today's market, there's gonna be 30 offers on it. So if you can find an off market, not only is your buyer gonna absolutely love you. But on the other side of things, you're going to make your job easier because you're not going to have to go off against 100 different offers. You're going to have a higher likelihood of maybe getting an accepted offer. There's a lot of benefits to it. So don't be afraid to think outside the box.
0: Can you imagine how much you will brag on your real estate agent that finds you something off market? Even if it was like just they already had it or they heard about it. or But you're going to be like, they went through so much effort to find exactly. me my home. Because,
1: because yeah. they did, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. out of 100 real estate agents, how many do you know – that can tell you that they've done that to find their buyer a home.
0: Probably not. Right, well, uh, I, I do you know why? No, honestly, I think you count, on you yeah. count oh, yeah. it on one hand.
1: Yeah, probably count it on one hand because mm-hmm.
2: everybody just goes on the MLS. Yeah, they go on the MLS. Yeah, low-hanging say, fruit. It's, Ooh,
0: yeah. Zanata, that's how she got her house. She was she got it off market.
1: Is that is she one of your clients? Yeah, that was mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys, less thoughts.
1: So I'm going to talk about from an investor's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wait for it to fall in my lap. Uh, I don't go out and look for it because. Honestly, and the, I
0: swear, Nima's a leprechaun. He has the luck
1: of the Irish. I, I, I mean, I, I do, I do, and I, he's you know, living honestly, at the end
0: of the rainbow.
1: To do good things for others, and it comes back in karma. I really believe that, and I think that's what what causes mm-hmm. it. But I think that every way to get a good off market house has become so saturated that it just has to come through a personal connection, and it has to come to me. Because if I go out looking for it, I'm doing the same thing everybody else is doing, and it's just not worth my time to do that.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. I think uh, off-market deals are where investment deals are, um, and those are the only types of investment deals I'd be buying, especially in this market. All right. But how do you how do you like how do you look for it?
1: I think it's the most. So so yeah. So yeah, as okay. far as
3: looking for it, it's 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 you have to go out there and hunt for it. That's really what it is. I, I unfortunately don't have it falling into my lap like Nima does. So, <laughs> uh, so you I have hunt to put for, it. for it. Yeah. you hunt for it. Yeah, just the same way a realtor would go out to solicit for listings, you do the same for off-market deals.
0: You know, I feel as though, and this is you know my final thing, is you get out of real estate what you put into it, right? So if you are going out there and looking for the deals and trying to make your clients happy and finding what they want, then you're going to get back so much more. Your pocketbook is going to be so much heavier. So I think off-market deals, I think it's a way to just amaze and wow your clients.
1: And to Eric, before, I mean, we're we're missing our our, We are missing our Eric. Eric I want to remind everyone, if you visualize it, you can do it. You can achieve it. it. But I don't remember the last one. Yay. All right,
0: thanks guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you.